0: Hello everybody. Goutenavond. It and it's time for a new episode of Fanreck Sports Premier League podcast. Why why do you am I saying Gootenavond? And what does it mean? <laughs> well it means good evening in Dutch. And uh Elliot is with me. Are you back in uh, the Netherlands now?
1: Yep, yeah, I am in Amsterdam, in de Peep de Pipe. I I keep going back and forth and Every time I hear someone who is actually a native Dutch speaker say the name of the neighborhood, I'm like, oh, I'll remember that next time, and then I don't. Okay.
0: Have you learned any good phrases, like what's in this brownie?
1: <laughs> no, that is not one that I've learned. Um, I hear it's space, right? So they call them space cakes, so it's a cake made of space. Okay.
0: There you go. That's matter is, is
1: indestructible. Yep. And don't inquire what the nature of
0: that matter is. Nope. It's, um, uh, it's nah. unicorn dust and... Uh or fairy dust and unicorn horn.
1: Uh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. No, I've, I, no no helpful phrases in Dutch beyond the like donkey veil and ashableaves, thank you, you're welcome. Um, I was unfortunate too because I went to Germany while several of my friends here went to the Ajax match, which they won in dramatic fashion this past week.
0: And the screamer of a goal too. Yeah. That was that was yeah. a good one. Well, now you know abond.
1: You're you're giving me all this Dutch knowledge just before I leave for Belgium. Although I'll, I'll be in the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium, so it'll yeah. still be useful. Uh,
0: what do they speak? They speak Flemish.
1: Yeah, Flemish.
0: Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> Enough linguistics. We should talk yeah. about football. Hojaavend. <laughs> yeah.
0: Schlop wel. That's uh, good night. <laughs> That's good. Okay, let's get into the football. Probably is
1: going to come back and we'll be like, we changed the topic of the podcast now yep. we just talk about linguistics.
0: Exactly, but you're having a good time <laughs> in Europe and uh, that's good to hear. it's, yeah, it's Lovely. So, uh, Something that wasn't as pleasant for you tonight was uh, your Arsenal losing 3-0 to Crystal Palace. I think we'll just start right there.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, losing is putting it mildly. Um, some of the you know the the name of the game in a lot of mainstream media but i think sports journalism perhaps especially is sensationalism and a lot of the headlines i saw reflected that you know spineless uh, disastrous in, inept embarrassing and those are all strong words but none of them are hyperbolic because this was a truly epic collapse and Time and again this season, we've said—and, you know, paulie has been one to tout it. it as like, well, this is the time that Arsenal turns it around. Mm-hmm. And we have been expecting that. And instead, they just stumble, and they seem to stumble in more dramatically pathetic fashion every time, which is, you know—especially considering the idea that Wenger may have another contract on the table. It's just—it's—it— disheartening doesn't even begin to describe the feeling
0: yeah and it's why you can't just rely on history repeating itself either
1: yeah exactly i mean history is a great tool but it's not uh, you know a replicable pattern in nature it's not like a you know it's, it's not a matrix or anything no so they,
0: no. So they slipped down to sixth uh, as manchester united picked up a, a 3-1 win over sunderland and, uh, I mean, that top four is starting to look pretty far off.
1: No, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm more or less ready to write off Arsenal. And, you know, my friend Phil was with me at the bar in Amsterdam tonight. And, um, he's also an Arsenal supporter. And he turned to me before the first half was over. And he cried. And said, <laughs> not quite that dramatic. But still, he said, honestly, we don't deserve top four. And he's right. You know we don't we we don't look like a Champions League side right now, mm-hmm. Um I'm not terribly optimistic that we, you know, even if we do look, even if we end up playing that quality of football down the final stretch of the season, which not that I'm saying there's any indication that that's going to happen given this shambolic performance, like even even if we do that, then. Still, on um, the the season as a whole, we don't look like a Champions League quality side. And, you know, just look at our exit from the Champions League to speak to that lack of quality.
0: Well, I mean, you can always go into the Europa League uh, with Wenger if he stays on for another year. You win the Europa League and then he leaves. <laughs>
1: that's, you know? honestly, that's fine with me. That's fine with me on some level, but another, it's like, I'm forced to be fine with it because I know that while spineless describes Arsenal's performance, it also describes the nature of the Arsenal board and complacent doesn't even grab it. It's more apathetic on the part of, you know, majority shareholder Stan Kroenke and he's perfectly happy with that. And so I'm fine with that on the one hand and that I would like, obviously every fan wants silverware and also it would be nice to see Wenger go out on a high note, but if if this club had any ambition whatsoever, he wouldn't be given the opportunity because it's it's clear that things are going wrong. He's the the narrative about we're all we're going to keep improving and actually challenge for the title has proved to be an asymptote. Mm-hmm. And they're just like they they can't pretend to own up to the words of Ivan Gazidis from a few years ago of wanting to challenge clubs like Bayern Munich when they consistently perform this way and see him on the cusp of not just failing to qualify, but really throwing away a qualifying position for the Champions League and then not choose to do anything proactive about trying to right the ship. It, just, it, it's, it makes all of their ambitious rhetoric look completely hollow.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you can see that, you know, with Wenger's dealings in the transfer market too, he's always been a very shrewd negotiator. He doesn't want to overspend. He complains a lot when players get too pricey for Arsenal. And, you know, that's something you will never hear from a team like Bayern Munich, who are very good at just seeing, you know, especially within the Bundesliga, they're like, oh, this player is playing really well, let's buy him. Yeah. So I mean, and now you see Dortmund just vacuuming all of Europe on talent. It seems like yeah. you know they they really want to go young and still like get the best talent they can because Dortmund knows also that they're not going to be a club that can hold on to a player forever. So,
1: but yeah, but at the same time, you know, I don't in terms of like the quality of journalistic source. A player's father ranks like only slightly better than the woman saying sooths on the quarter for uh, tuppence. Um, tuppence still, yeah, that, that's probably not enough to buy you a sooth anywhere. Anyways, regardless, but like, I just, I don't think that they, it's just, um, I'm, i don't know i'm i'm still furious about this <laughs> like this whole debacle
0: understandable and you know it's a little extra salt in the wound when you see tottenham playing as well as they are they took a four nothing win over watford before we get into that game though i do want your opinion on wilfred saha me and polly spoke about him last episode and he's really starting to live up to his potential and we both, mm-hmm. both said that you know if united would have just been a little bit more patient with him, maybe just loaned him out instead of just selling him back,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then they could potentially have one of the better wingers in the league right now. Yeah. And
1: well, what's interesting is that he also, he has, he seems to me the kind of player that Arsene Wenger always wanted Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to be mm. in that he is a, a skilled wide player with a lot of pace, but one who can cut inside and play effectively centrally. And I, I, I mean, he's, he, yeah, he's one of the most dangerous pieces of their attack. And I remember thinking, you know, by no means that I think that Arsenal would crash to a three nil, nil defeat. But I remember thinking as they put up the lineups at the bar tonight, I was just like, God, that is, that is a threatening attack. And do I trust this defensive unit with, a Martinez between
0: the sticks to keep a clean sheet.
1: No, that it, it was foolish of me to think that, that was possible.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, looking at you know just on paper, I mean you got Saha, Punchin, Townsend, Benteke, and Cabaye. I mean that sounds to me at least as a you know midfield slash attacking options that should play a lot higher than 16th place, whereas where Crystal Palace is right now. Yeah. And yeah, I know that, you know, Big Sam took over and they were in the ruts and he's lifted them to, you know, they're six points clear now. Um, oh, fuck. Big Sam, God damn But it. I mean, that, that's he has some good players to work with. Yeah. So uh, there's no excuse for them not, you know, being safe, really. And I think Mamadou Sacco has played well for them too. I mean, yeah. Wayne Hennessy, yeah, he's not, you know, super goalie, but I feel like overall they have a pretty solid team. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, the key is going to be, are they going to be, well, you know, we've just been talking about how Zaha's talent finally seems to have, if not entirely come to fruition, being showing signs of doing so. But are they going to be able to hold on to him in the summer? i it's,
0: mm, I mean, he might. The thing is, too, that his experience at United might have sour him a bit, as far as going to big clubs. Like, I don't know, does he really want to go to top four side? I mean, yeah, you get to play in the Champions League, but I mean, maybe if Everton came,
1: yeah. I mean, I I think that there's a. There's a move. There's an upward move within England he could make that would be a less, you know, intense pressure, likelihood of being pushed to the outs Mm -hmm. situation than it is at Old Trafford. But then, you know, I mean, the relegation battle is not something that anyone necessarily relishes. Um, But it reminds me of uh, similar, you know, talking about moving to Everton. I was reading an interview with Schneiderlin about um his time at United. Did you see that?
0: No, I did not see that.
1: And he was I mean he was just saying that it it was miserable. He really uh he kind of felt always on the outs, and admittedly it was like Louis van Hall's side, and he particularly said that he felt like a robot, mm-hmm. I think was his exact word. Yeah. And that he began, you know, second guessing his play. And so but it wasn't it was partially tactical and then also just kind of feeling on the fringes. And so, yeah, having experienced that, he's probably going to block it going, but at the same time, you know, you want to be, you want to keep challenging yourself as a professional. And do I think that he would go back to old Trafford? No, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the ambition to pay, play for a club. Like I want to say Arsenal, but who the fuck wants to play for Arsenal right now? Um, but you know, another top four quality club in England, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe he wants to go abroad and kind of wash his hands of the English game entirely. I I would be surprised if there wasn't a market, you know, again, speaking of Dortmund's propensity to focus on young talent, you know, he's no Christian Pulisic in terms of his youthfulness, but he's what, 24, 25 at the most. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of road ahead of him.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he's definitely making his mark this season. So, Tottenham then 4 nothing against Watford. Even though, you know, a lot has been spoken about Harry Kane. He was back on the bench for this game after coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got goals from Ali. You got a goal from Dyer, a screamer from Dyer. And then two goals from Heung-Min uh, Son. So, I mean, they, yeah. they've showed that they can, they can beat teams without Harry Kane all by be it, you know, some of the mid to lower end table sides. But I mean, it's still got to be a a sign of strength when you can come out and thump Watford 4-0. I mean, Tottenham, and again, it's,
1: it it, it doesn't, in a, a match day in which Tottenham wins 4-0 at home against Watford and Arsenal is thumped 3-0 away at Crystal Palace. Like, that in and of itself is illustrative of the ways in which the teams are able to – it's just – it's a nightmare weekend for an Arsenal fan, Mm -hmm. to be quite frank. But they're – you know, I –
0: I mean, all uh, the teams ahead of them won. So, I mean, that's total disaster.
1: Yeah, it's total disaster. But as, you know, like, Arsenal supporting aside, Tottenham look really good right now uh and and i think that that's one of those questions that and honestly i didn't think kane was going to be back this soon after that injury like i i was thinking end of april you know maybe he'll get two or three matches in uh certainly not you know half a dozen
0: yeah Yeah. some good uh some good healing there going on whiteheart lane uh, so we'll see how he can perform for them down the stretch. Here, they are seven points back of Chelsea. I mean, I don't see them catching Chelsea. I just think no. Chelsea are good. At, you know, even if they would go on a on a little slump here, there's they still have enough of a cushion.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, but this is. I mean, this is. Uh, I hope God. I hope I'm wrong, but. You know, there's no, There's going to be no epic collapse this season. Like Arsenal aren't going to overtake Tottenham at the death, and the, Tottenham are, yeah. You, know, uh, you know, they even even though it's not realistic for them to expect to win the title, they're the only team that actually has a chance. Yeah. And when, you know, tell me the last time that that was the case mm-hmm. at this point in the
0: season. Mm, last season. Mm, yeah. What was the table like after thirty-one games? I don't remember. But yeah. I mean they hung in there good last season too, but, and I think that Pochettino has at least established Spurs as a proper top four side now. Y- yes. Yeah, no, I agree. But I'm
1: I guess I guess what I'm saying is when was there the time that they were the only other club in the mm. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um because I don't think that realistically Liverpool have a prayer, um, or a City, honestly.
0: No, no, that's true. Liverpool, they got a two to one win over Stoke, and uh, we're gonna insert Paulie's mobile hot takes here as he uh, goes on his little rant about Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp.
2: Hey, it's Paulie giving you another edition of the mobile hot takes, and today we're gonna keep it to just one topic, and obviously that's going to be Manchester United. Biggest rival, Liverpool Um, Getting a lot of people uh, Starting now to, I guess, sour on Jurgen Klopp Which I think is kind of ridiculous Now, during the last game uh, against Bournemouth Especially when Bournemouth uh, and Liverpool were level at that point of the game I was looking for some rational Liverpool, Liverpool fans So I went to the one area where you'll always find rational people And that is Twitter And that is people are now starting to rail on Jurgen Klopp. A lot of which for his team selection and his policy and mainly the defenders. And the defending is a big issue. Now, here's the thing that I have to ask Liverpool fans. Why are you complaining about this? If any of you had done your homework, uh, you should know that this was kind of what you were in for. Now, we'll go back to when Liverpool hired Jurgen Klopp about a year and a half ago. And I was really pissed off because I'm a Manchester United fan and I know how good of a manager they are getting in Mr. Klopp. Having said that, I also said, hey, let's not expect Magic to be turned here. The guy was fantastic at Dortmund, but he also had Marco Royce, who's, you know, a top-class player. Mats Hummels, who was a fantastic defender. Mario Götze, who was one of the most up-and-coming prospects around, happened to score the the game-winning goal in the World Cup final. Um, He had uh, Ilke Gundogan, fantastic midfielder, uh, as well as just fantastic players all over the place. Oh, and don't forget about Robert Lewandowski, one of the best pure strikers in the world, possibly the best pure striker in the world, not named Messi and Ronaldo. So this guy had a really talented team. They were just really young, and he cultivated them together and won a couple Bundesligas during Bayern Munich's rebuilding years, and made the Champions League final. Great job. Can't take that away from him. But he was never known for his defending at Dortmund, and then he took over a Liverpool team that was really average at best. Think about the the young kids that he had at Dortmund and where they came from and the potential. A lot of, you know, uh, Gotze was homegrown. Mats Hummels came from Bayern Munich. Marco Royce came from from Mainz, I believe, now Klopp is taking over a team that pretty much came from Southampton, and yes, he's going to make them better. And he did. Look at where they are; they're competing for the top four after finishing eighth last year. They're doing a fantastic job, but he didn't go out. He didn't make a lot of moves in the transfer market, which uh, was questionable at best. I don't understand why he didn't do that. I understand he had a lot of high hopes for Roberto Firmino and. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, and Sturridge has been nothing short of a bust. Side note, can't wait for Sturridge to sign with Arsenal this offseason because, Elliot, I look forward to you having to watch a front three of Danny Welbeck, Daniel Sturridge, and Theo Walcott. Nothing says Europa League quite like that front three. But he has his Philip Coutinho, which is akin to his Mario Götzee, But nevertheless, the rest of his team is incredibly average. Jordan Henderson is average. Uh, Wijnaldum has been a good player this year. But, you know, he had a good year last year and and was not really on everybody's radar. Sadio Mane has become the linchpin of the team. But most of these players are just average. And the inconsistencies are always going to be there. The issue is, he didn't shore up his defense. Dejan Lovern has been nowhere near as advertised since signing with Liverpool. Uh, Clavon has been god-awful, and that's really where he has to shore things up, but I mean, Liverpool fans, you, you have to appreciate what you have here because your team is average at best and you have a manager that is getting so much out of them. He's personable. He's exciting to watch. You have one of the best players, the best managers in the Premier League. You need to appreciate that. And if you're not going to appreciate that, I will fly to Manchester, I will pack Jose Mourinho's bags for him, and I will drive him to Liverpool, and we can trade managers. Have a good one, everybody.
0: And that was Pauly's thoughts on uh, the situation there at Liverpool with Jurgen Klopp. He says he will gladly switch managers with the Liverpoolians, um, and I would too. I don't yeah. understand why people are hating on Klopp. And just, I think give it time, and Liverpool are going to be a very, very good side here for many years yeah. to come.
1: I mean, they all—they already are a very good side. They're just terribly inconsistent at the back. And I think that they're... You know, it's not a fully operational battle station, but uh, it's ominous.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Give him another summer. I mean, get a proper left back in. And... You know, maybe... Proper goalkeeper? Proper, Yeah, definitely a proper goalkeeper. Maybe you want to upgrade in central defense too. I'm not convinced by the players they have right now, but at the same time, they're in third place. You can't yeah. really complain that much.
1: Yeah, I think save... I, I don't know. For me almost save Klein, they need to revitalize their entire defense. But there's a whole pot call on the kettle black, uh, especially following Arsenal's performance tonight, yeah. about that conversation. Yeah.
0: And I mean, uh, they, you know, it's going to be difficult when they're without Sadio Mane, but, uh, you know, when he's on the field, he's a player that really performs well for them. So okay. yeah. as long as he can stay healthy. Um yeah, we mentioned Man United, they took a three nothing win over Sunderland. That has to be the end for Sunderland now, right? They're ten yeah. points off. They're done.
1: They're done. There's yeah. no there's no Defoe miracle in the bag that can save them now.
0: No. I feel like Sunderland are done. I feel I almost feel like Middlesbrough are done too. Cause I mean uh, at, yeah. least, at least they were defensively pretty solid here for most of the most of the season, but now they started shipping in some goals too. Yeah, and they can't score it worth for you know anything. They only have 22 goals in 31 games.
1: I I think I don't know. I th- I think Swans are going to pull it out and avoid the drop, and it's going to be Hull,
0: Middlesbrough, and Sunderland. I mean that that seems to be the fight right now. Swansea and Hull, both teams losing. Hull three one to Man City, whereas Swansea fell one nothing against West Ham who finally yeah. put an end to their bad streak. So yeah. um another game we should touch upon, that's Everton beating Leicester for two crazy first half. Uh Tom Davies scored 30 seconds in. Slimani then tied it up in the fourth minute, and then Albright then gave Leicester the lead in the 10th. Lukaku, who scored twice in this one, tied it up into 23rd, and then Jagielka gave Everton the lead again in the 41st, and then Lukaku had his second goal in the second half. This was a great game to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, sadly, it's one that I didn't – it's funny. Now that I'm in Europe and I was thinking, oh, the time zone, it's going to be so much easier, and then now I realize, oh, well, I – have social functions in the evening and i'm not accustomed to those clashing with soccer matches because i just watch them in my own time while working in the middle of the
0: day every day (laughs) well that's why you're like oh yeah we should meet up at this sports bar yeah and then you can sort of you know keep conversation going and have one eye on the on the telly yeah
1: well that's that that's what i did today and then my friends were just like is he all right did he like eat some bad, <laughs> some kind of bad fungus? Or why is he suddenly bursting out into like tears of rage? Oh, yep. Like, oh, no, it's fine. He's, he's, it's, he's just part of a tragic tribe at the moment. Yeah.
0: I do want to go back real quick to Sunderland, though, because I do think that Jordan Pickford, the young goalkeeper, is showing a lot of promise. Real quick, do you think that they'll be able to keep him, or will he move to another Premier League side in the summer? if they go down?
1: Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. And I think that it's a kind of budding talent that as an outfield player, I would almost certainly say he's going to be, he's gone, you know, he's gone. But as as a keeper, I think that being a clear cut number one, is even more you know is even more important right like you can battle for your position and the manager's going to rotate the squad but only in rare circumstances when you know you're competing in multiple different competitions and it, it just it to me it's it's a first name on the team sheet versus quality of football conversation which i think you can say for outfield players just because with the greater degree of fluidity in the formation as opposed to being, you know, one of one mm-hmm. full stop means that consistent playing time it just it just seem it, it's more important than the position yeah. but that said I, I still think that there are a number of maybe a number of first division clubs, be they in England or elsewhere that would love to have him and be able to more or less guarantee him a starting spot. But I, I, I still think he'll probably stay with them even if, well, not if, even when
0: they yeah. face the drop. Yeah. Maybe he'll take one year. If they don't go up, then he might think about it. Cause he's still young. He's still very young, but I mean, he has been, did he get called up? I forgot if he got called up to the England national team or not.
1: So uh, I mean he's 20
0: and, he's 23 years old so that's not old for a goalie by any of you no, imagination.
1: No, it's it's very young. Yeah.
0: And he's a you know he represented England in basically all the youth teams from U16 to U21. Um Yeah, he did receive his first ever call up in uh, October of last year when he replaced Tom Heaton. And he uh, he turned
1: like he turned twenty three barely over a month ago. Yeah, so he's got a, a long career ahead of
0: him. Yeah, I do see a couple of teams. You know, I going to Liverpool might be a big step, but I definitely can see some teams there. You know, from seventh place to like fourteenth, where he would he could do well. Maybe he wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, he probably wouldn't edge out Casper Schmeichel at Leicester, but...
1: Yeah, and, and honestly, he's he's being linked by... Granted, it's, it's not a grain of salt. It's like one of those, you know, candy-sized Himalayan rock salt grains of salt, but because it comes from the sun. <laughs> oh, okay, I was going to say, are we been, talking about the sun now? Yeah, he's been linked with Arsenal for uh, uh, a potential replacement for Petr Cech, which means that... They decided that Arsenal's goalkeeper, their number one, is old, and Jordan Pickford is young, Mm -hmm. and so they were like, "He's linked. We've linked him."
0: Yeah, and other teams that the Sun claim are out for Pickford is West Ham, Manchester City, Tottenham, and Everton. It's
1: just, I mean, it's like you throw you throw a dart and whatever team sticks on it. You have veto power if they happen to have David De Gea and then otherwise you're like, yeah, they're in for him.
0: No, no I mean I, I could see him, you know, West Ham, yeah, of course. That would be a smaller step up. I could see Everton. Don't know if he would go into Man City all bite they've had major issues on their goalkeeping oh. situation, but uh I mean why would he go to Tottenham? Why? Yeah, that would be No
1: and exactly, that's that's the kind of asterisk of at Sunderland, he knows he's the first name of the team sheet. But that mm-hmm. said, uh, boy, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And like, the, none of the goalkeepers at Man City are the best. <laughs> so, no, that's that doesn't true. seem like that's true. I mean, side. he would
0: he would push for a starting spot there, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, if we take a look at the goal scoring race here, Romelu Lukaku with those two goals against Leicester, he's up to twenty three goals now. Also, a player that has been linked with a move to a bigger club. And uh, I feel like it's more substance in that since he said that he wants to play in the Champions League and yada, yada, yada. I'm just afraid that he might leave the Premier League. I feel like this could be like Real Madrid swoops in. Like, oh, we want him. Oh. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I was eating an apple, so I That's muted fine. my microphone as I like started to respond I, um I, 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 I I don't know. an apple yeah, had this Zeus i don't I don't know if I see him well yeah, you know what, and it's not terribly dissimilar from the situation with um with Wilfred Zaha, right mm-hmm. a player who went to, uh, per, you know, uh, God, am I going to call Chelsea a perennial contender? I feel forced to, and it, the words stick in my mouth, but nonetheless, a perennial contender like, you know, Chelsea for Lukaku and United for Zaha, and those struggles to break in might make them say, well, we'll just jump ship and go to another uh, another league. So I hear you on that, but I also think that, I don't know, and again, I don't know the man, but something about his character strikes me as uh, he's kind of motivated in the best way by a chip on his shoulder, and I think that he would be inspired to move to another top um, Premier League club. The most unfortunate thing being that if Arsenal weren't just having woeful time of it, then that might be an ideal landing spot for him. Mm Uh, and you know, never say never, but I, yeah, but uh, I, mean, I would, I would take him in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't easily do league in
0: goals. Yeah, of course, but I, I mean, look at Chelsea. I don't, you know, if he if he would go to Chelsea, go back to Chelsea, I think that Diego Costa must leave. Oh yeah, for and, that to happen, Spurs yeah. are not gonna, they're not gonna move Harry Kane. Liverpool. No. Yeah, I could see him starting for Liverpool absolutely if they're willing to pony up the money, but at the same time, how how keen are Everton to to lose their best player to Liverpool?
1: Exactly. And and that's that is precisely the reason why I think that I don't see him likely returning to Chelsea given the way that he was I that would surprise me. Yeah. That would really surprise me, Manchester you know? City.
0: They got Aguero and Gabriel uh, Jesus, uh, so that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Manchester, but yeah, that, Man- Manchester United, I don't really see that happening either, yeah. unless Slotlin well, leaves. Well, and
1: and this is precisely what I mean when I say that the I think the two most likely landing points are in terms of in terms of a top club with a need at that position, Arsenal and Liverpool make a lot of sense but if he goes to liverpool from everton then oh yeah boy yeah, I, I mean yeah. that like that would be brutal and in the way that you know still everton fans would not be thrilled about it obviously mm-hmm. but unless he you know pulls a fucking or and runs the length of the pitch to slide in front of them after he scores against his old club mm-hmm. then I don't think that they're going to have that much hire for him if he were to move to Arsenal, but Liverpool is just—that's the cardinal sin. Yeah,
0: I, I I just feel like Real Madrid would—he would give Benzema a good run for his money as the starting striker.
1: Yeah, that's you know that's a good point, and and honestly, of all the clubs that we've discussed, I don't I don't think Real Madrid is. Super likely, but it's most likely among them. And you know they've they've got the infinite money cheat code. So mm.
0: oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Bayern Munich, no, they got Lewandowski. Uh, Barcelona, no. So yeah, Real Madrid might be a uh, a good landing spot there, unless he wants to go to like Atletico Madrid if they sell Griezmann. Who knows? Mm. There's definitely going to be suitors for him. That's for sure. That's for sure. Let's move on to the Champions League. we got a couple of games here coming up. First matches of the quarterfinals. Kicking off things on Tuesday is Borussia Dortmund against Monaco and Juventus against Barcelona. Let's uh, start with the Dortmund-Monaco game. And, you know, we saw Monaco in the previous round against Manchester City. It was goals galore. I feel like there could be something very similar here against Dortmund as both teams are very good going forward.
1: Yeah, and that's – you know, it's funny is that I tried to get tickets to that game uh, and couldn't. But fortunately, Warner came through, so i to be going to Manchester United game instead. There you go. Uh, but for the
0: no, – yeah. I mean, I'm,
1: don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I – Let's also be clear, I'll be cheering for Anderlecht, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, Anderlecht season ticket holder gives me tickets. I can't very well cheer for the away side.
0: No, unless I FedEx you over my Ibrahimovic jersey.
1: Mm, no, even even then. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Okay. Not gonna happen. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. but the, the reason that I that I was keen on getting those tickets for that particular fixture is that I agree entirely that it's a game that has a ton of goals, a ton of goals in it. Um, Dortmund have shown themselves to be vulnerable at the back against even you know challenging, but not top tier. Opposition in the Bundesliga, like Hertha, recently. I think it was last month that uh, they lost. Admittedly, away, um, but even at home, I think that against a side as good as Monaco, they're probably going to get hit for goals, and they know that. Um, but they're also like. Tuchel's team doesn't seem to be one that's just going to like sit behind the ball and try to keep away goals out. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to go forward and get something from the yeah. game. There are, it'll, it'll be good.
0: There are a couple of question marks here, though. Uh, Marco Royce he's back in training, mm-hmm. but we don't know if he's going to be available for tomorrow. I haven't seen, actually, if Tuchel said anything about him. Uh, well,
1: all the tabloids that I saw this week in Cologne said that he probably would be, but who knows yeah. what that
0: yeah. Götze is out for the season. Uh Kagawa, he's out. Shurla out. So, it's a golden opportunity for our American wonder boy Christian Pulisic, as I like to call him, to uh have another big game here and yeah. show even more to the world that he's a phenomenal player and the uh you know, next American superstar. He could become the true American superstar when when was the last time the u s had a proper international superstar putting you on the spot here
1: uh, um, I, I don't I mean the, the the closest I can even vaguely think of would be Alexi lawless for
0: um Milan
1: That was but just that's...
0: that was just because of his beard
1: yeah <laughs> but I mean at, 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 to be fair though, at that point um Syria uh, was far closer to the premier league in quality
0: oh yeah that was the in the 90s Syria was the shit he that was the best league that was where all the money was um so yeah I guess so but he did earn a lot I feel like he earned a lot of uh free publicity because of his beard yeah, that's Which probably true. A, but that's okay. Pretty magnificent beard. I'm I'm surprised he's not sporting it nowadays. Yeah. Well he probably
1: got sick of being associated with it, but yeah. you know, but Matt Vortures is But I mean more at the
0: at the same time though, he played for a meh team in with Padova. I mean, that's not a great side. Uh, yeah. You know, he did he did score against AC Milan and In Inter, but um yeah, I mean, he definitely drew headlines, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, Tim Howard, at some extent, I would say. To, to some
1: extent, yeah. But, but you know, it, it's interesting in the context of talking earlier about the goal position, keeper is one of one, mm-hmm. you know. Like, when you're a keeper, it's that that's it. And you have no room to mess with the formation. But at the same time, outfield players kind of get all the plaudits, so... I think that Tim Howard's career is widely and rightly respected deeply throughout denizens of the English game. But nonetheless, it's always outfield players who get the plaudits. And again, I mean, also, like, the guy I named is a defender. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I, I, th- and, I think that had Landon Donovan stayed in Europe. Well, if he'd stayed in Europe and had success,
1: though, yes. which is hard to say, would he have done that? You know? True.
0: But Pulisic has all the tools, and of course we're rooting for him. And yeah. uh, hopefully he has a good game. Monaco still at the top of League One, and they let's see, let's uh, get the update here. Uh, one second, there we go. Okay, so they're three points ahead of PSG after thirty-one games. They've scored eighty-eight goals in those thirty-one games. Wow. (laughs) That's 24 more than PSG, just to give you some context. Yeah, Stella knows what's up. Yep. She's like, oh my god, so many goals. (laughs) All the goals. And I mean, Falcao were really rebounding after two horrible seasons in the Premier League. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a good game, but I do think that most people... Will be watching the Juventus Barcelona game. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking that. I was just like,
1: I wonder if I can get that game when I'm in Antwerp. Yeah. Mm, no, it's gonna be Barcelona. Yeah.
0: I mean that maybe. I mean, I'll probably do one on the TV, one on the tablet, or one on the computer and one on the TV. But um... I'll
1: I will be attending a birthday party, so. Ooh. I probably won't be doing it either.
0: You need to find some Romanian stream on your phone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I need to find a bottle of wine for the party. That's
0: what I need yeah. to find. So, yeah, Juventus, Barcelona, big heavy heavyweight meeting there, really. And um, Barcelona, you know, they did suffer a 2 nothing loss against Malaga here over mm-hmm. the weekend. And uh, cra- uh... a cranky Barcelona.
1: Yeah, Neymar is ve- much uh, publicized for sending off, which is now going to get an even larger ban. Despite the fact that it was a soft yellow, because he uh, sarcastically applauded the yep. fourth official. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's <laughs> which it, it's you know it. I don't know. It's it's not a classy move, but it doesn't. I don't know that it necessarily warrants further bans. I mean, we talked about this before. It's just like. Dangerous challenges should be treated far more harshly than a uh, you know disgruntled player who's frustrated that he can't help his team and makes. A, I mean, it's not even obscene gesture. He was he was sarcastically mocking their decision. Yeah, but that's the which thing which he, he felt to mo- be wrong.
0: He was mocking the referee. I mean, that's that's the problem there. Yeah, you, I, can't, I, you can't you can't mock the referee. You just can't. Uh, so we'll see how that affects this game. Maybe he's more hungry because he'll know he'd be suspended in league play. Um,
1: to be to be clear, I'm I'm not def- I'm not defending what he did. I'm just saying that in contrast yeah, yeah.
0: to it's somebody like going
1: in, you know, high and reckless and potentially changing the trajectory of a player's year, if not career. It it just it seems to me disproportionate mm-hmm. as well. Yeah,
0: Juventus they took a two nothing win over Kievo with uh, Gonzalo Higuain scoring both goals. He's it's I want to say he's third in the Serie A scoring race right now with twenty one goals in thirty one appearances, and you know he's their main man. They also got you know Paulo Dybala who's a very very good player playing sort of like the shadow striker role for Juventus, mm. and. I think this game could be closer than what many people think. Cause I've seen a lot of people like, Oh, Barcelona's going to win. Barcelona's going to no,
1: win. No, no. I mean like their, their comeback with, against PSG was amazing. nearly, you know, if you believe in an interventionist, God, certainly miraculous. And even if you don't, then undeniably one of the most, in, one of the most amazing soccer games I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that that's inarguable, but, that doesn't mean that the problems with the squad that required them to execute a nearly miraculous comeback don't still persist, because they do. And, you know, to be without Neymar, they're... It's just... its I don't think that it's going to be a blowout by any means, especially on the road for the first leg.
0: And then on Wednesday, we got Atletico Madrid taking on Leicester City lester has shown great form of late yes they did lose to everton but i feel like they had more than one eye on this fixture against atletico on the road on wednesday
1: yeah definitely i mean you know they know where their eggs lie like sure. they're they're more or less safe from the drop now yeah. and they've got to go for this because they can yeah, that, i mean i they're clear and rightful underdogs but
0: it would be they so can... surreal though if we would be drawing the uh, semifinals, and they're like Leicester City going up against yeah. Real Madrid. I'm like, what? So, That'd be uh, great though. Yeah. So we'll. I see mean, that. they're
1: you know they they've put together the performances when they've had to. I, I they've got they've got a fighting chance, mm-hmm. and I think that in the same way that people think Juventus are going to get blown out. Lester, I don't see that happening for them either, just because Madrid are—they have Griezmann is fantastic, but they're not a, an attacking side mm-hmm. comparatively. Yeah, you know, compared to a Barcelona, for example.
0: Yeah, and you know what could actually be a little bit in their favor too was that Atletico played Real in the Madrid derby over the weekend, which you know basically forced them to play their best eleven. Yeah. Same went for Real Madrid. It ended in a 1-1 draw after a late goal by Griezmann. But, I mean, Leicester started with Mars on the bench against Everton. You know, he came off. The, he came on after like an hour or something. So, yeah, if they can get a decent result here in the first leg, then, hey, anything can happen.
1: Yeah, um, boy, I mean, 2-1 two, two once again. Once mm-hmm. again for Leicester City, 2-1 is the goal.
0: Yeah, okay, if you're going to lose, lose two one. Yeah, and but you know
1: they, hell, it could be another one one draw, and then they'd be over the mountain.
0: Yeah, the big game on Wednesday—that's Bayern Munich, Bayern München, taking on Real Madrid, and uh, Bayern also had a pretty high profile game coming into this, as they uh, stomped Dortmund four to one. So. Um, you know, they were also forced, basically, to play their best 11. So I don't know if uh, if that's going to affect... I mean, it probably won't affect the first 75 minutes, but maybe yeah. down the stretch we'll see a little bit of tired legs. Bayern yeah, uh, at home. home. And um, when was the last time they actually lost at home?
1: Uh was it this calendar year?
0: I'm trying to scroll here real quick and see if we can find anything. They had a one one draw against Schalke in early February at home, but as far as they at home they've they've no, they've not lost at home this calendar year. I don't think so. Which is you know, pretty amazing.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just keeping strolling here. I still can't find the loss. Um I'm back in September now. They haven't lost at home all season. There we go. Really? Yes. Wow, that I hadn't So Gosh. definitely a tough matchup for Real Madrid. You know, this could almost be the final, you know? this these sides are that
1: good. In in some ways I really I almost wish it was. Yeah. Um, but at the same time God I just I still I have I have like like nightmarish acid flashback type flashbacks to the Euro twenty sixteen final and I'm just like, no, don't make me do it again.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't yeah. want to see
1: another cup final that looks that awful.
0: Yeah, Manuel Neuer is back in training for Bayern. Um, and then there are some doubts surrounding uh, Mats Hummels and Robert Lewandowski.
1: Ooh, that... I mean, that could have first-home loss written all over it if they're both absent. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean in similar way to uh, how we discussed that Tottenham can find goals without Kane. It's I'm confident that Munich can find goals without Lewandowski, but uh missing a linchpin at the top and at the back, I that that really is disconcerting for Bayern fans. Yeah. I mean
0: he got yeah. a knock he got a knock on his shoulder in the game against Dortmund, uh where he did score Two goals. I mean, it might be a case where he, you know, sometimes players they can get a shot of courtesan or something, and they'll be fine for the game. But yeah. I think they're going to do everything they can within their power with legal means to get him on the field against Real Madrid on Wednesday. Yeah, but I'm I'm a hundred percent certain you were right. A lot of good games, though. I mean, there's not there's all four of these games are games that I want to watch. There's nothing but there. I'm yeah. like. Eh. Yeah. this is going to be a, such a blowout.
1: And I'm I'm particularly don't get me wrong I'm always happy to cheer Christian Pulisic. I think that Juventus and Barcelona is an interesting matchup, but I am particularly excited for Wednesday night's fixtures.
0: Yep, that will be some good stuff. Uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye for this episode. Uh, we'll catch you again later in the week as uh, match day. 33 approaches of the Premier League, and we'll of course touch upon these Champions League games. Until then, follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norton. Elliot is Keats was better. Paulie is P Wfan and Fandrick Sports is Fandrick Sports. So give them a follow as well. Until next time, I'll feed us in.